Hi everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Live Laugh Formula One, an F1 podcast with me, your host, Emily Lopez. Oh my gosh. Hi everyone. Holy cow, it has been so long since I've recorded an episode. I understand. I have been on hiatus. So much has happened in the world of Formula One and in my own personal life since the last time I recorded an episode. So I thought today we would look back at my predictions for the 2023 season, see how far off they have been. Um, Some of them I don't think were that delusional, but again, I was in a pretty Delulu state of mind when I made some of these predictions. Um, Not only that, but since the last time that we've spoke, I wrapped up another semester of college. I've started a new semester of college. I have moved. Um, Although I haven't been active on the podcast itself, I have been active on its social medias, Live Laugh F1, um, on a lot of social medias. But enough of my own personal life. In terms of the racing season, so much has happened in terms of driver switches, I mean, only like one team has gone through drastic ones, but uh, one thing that I can confidently say has continued since the last time we spoke has been the Red Bull domination and how insane that has been. But apart from my hiatus, I have joined some groups, group chats, getting to know more females um, who are fans of F1 and been welcome into a community and it's been a lot of fun. I've made a lot of friends and since then I have also purchased and will be attending CODA this year, the Austin Grand Prix, the United States Grand Prix in a couple of weeks. So hey, at least one of the predictions is coming true. Um, but I did want to reach out to you guys via um, the supporters, and just say a huge thank you. Although I have been on a hiatus, the response of my past episodes has been amazing. And I swear every time a new state in the, like in the United States or a new country like listens, it just kind of blows my mind that even though I have been gone for quite some time, that the support continues on. So thank you so much. And also, um, kind of just to wrap up that sort of part of it all. Um, It is exciting because in my new place, I do have some artwork that is more F1 related. So it is really fun kind of starting with a new clean space and getting to decorate it and have little quirks of F1 in little areas has been a lot of fun as well. So let's get into, there's a lot to talk about this episode. So let's do it. (laughs) Since we last spoke, 13 GPs have happened. We last spoke about Australia. I look at my notes. That episode was less chaotic than the race itself, but I digress. (laughs) It was just chaos. But since that GP, Red Bull has dominated. I'm talking the last race or the only race so far this season has been won by Carlos Sainz, which was Singapore, which was two weekends ago. Now that I'm trying to think, it's October now, but a couple of weekends ago, Carlos was the first 
to not have, or not Carlos, but <laughs> that race was the first to not have at least one Red Bull on the podium. Just thinking back to when I recorded the Australia episode, it was very likely that we would have had a more competitive Checo and Max battle for the championship, but points of standing right now, it is very evident that Max will be clutching his victory of um, WDC sooner rather than later. Um, a lot of people think that, or not think, but know that he will be clutching his world champion, his third world championship here very soon. And they did, Red Bull as a team just won their constructors championship in Japan. So props to them. Red Bull's domination has been, again, insanity. We're not shocked by it. I mean, just how the season began and the domination since has been quite crazy. But it, I don't know. I don't know why I wasn't expecting that to happen. I think I was just kind of like the Delulu Deluluing, but has been really interesting to see. Let's talk about my the eight predictions that I had and my constructors that I had, because now this is where it gets a little painful. So for number one, I said I wanted and needed to see Lando win a Grand Prix. He's gotten pretty damn close. The last two races, Japan and Singapore, um, Lando has gone P2. And in Hungary and in Great Britain, he also finished P2. I will say I think the most impressed that I've been with the team so far this season, other than Red Bull completely dominating, is how much the McLarens have improved from their first races. I mean, everyone was talking about their driving a tractor, all the memes that I saw for the upcoming, like, or for the beginning of the season, compared to now, it's like, whoa, McLaren got it right. And I'm very proud. It's also very, very comforting. I, over the summer break, I really got into Prema's racing videos debatably some of the best social media team on the world or the world of motorsports I give to the Prema racing accounts because they have completely shown a different side of so many current drivers but past drivers as well and given a whole new side to like Oscar Piastri who I think is my favorite rookie he is so kind of just like goofy that I'm like wow I really want him to succeed and a lot of people believe that he is a future contender for um, a world championship, and I definitely can see it. He just got P3 in Suzuka. Wonderful weekend for McLaren, so really nice to see. But I still think that there is a chance, just like a slight hope, that maybe I will see Lando clutch a win in Coda because, again, the Delulu is Deluluing. But um, I did have a whole reasoning to, like, it would be so special for Lando to win in Coda because of Danny Rick who at the time that I was still in like my really big uploading had not returned to the grid. But again, I digress. He had returned, got injured. He replaced Nick DeVries, which we'll get into my opinion on that here soon. Um, but he did replace Nick DeVries at AlphaTauri, got injured, and now Liam Lawson has had an insane debut and was not offered a seat. Those seats at AlphaTauri are still reserved for Yuki and Danny for the 2024 season. 
which I will get into here in a little bit. So, yes. But that was my first prediction. It was rather long. Um, The second prediction that I made was a manifestation for myself um, that I want to see myself at a Grand Prix, which I am happy to say. I got my wristband. I got the fits, the suitcases. (laughs) I'm, I'm ready. And one of my good friends moved out to Austin. So I will be seeing some very good friends as well and staying with them. And yeah, and I've been in a group chat to hopefully meet some friends. And I have started making friendship bracelets because the Coda account took that they want to be like the Eras Tour in gifting each other like friendship bracelets. I've begun and they're a little like repetitive. I've made like three Forza Ferrari bracelets, but I want to be inclusive. I don't know if I can make one for all 20 on the grid like all 20 drivers or technically like, well, it depends, I guess 20, but like in like real time, like 22. The third one is me. I literally typed out Ferrari giving my boys a time to shine. I just want Charles happy. So, (laughs) um, I don't know. I think Ferrari in Singapore and in Monza when Carlos had gotten pole and he did end up on the podium was very beautiful to see as a Ferrari fan. I was super proud to see a Ferrari driver on the podium, not only in Italy, but in Singapore. And again, Carlos's spectacular win in Singapore. My favorite driver is Charles and I don't want to sound like a hater. I'm not, I do love Carlos. I think he is an incredible asset to Ferrari and Scuderia Ferrari. But man, <laughs> I would have loved to see it be Charles. But um, Charles has had some good, better weekends and worse weekends. And I think Ferrari as a whole has had overall mid weekends. There have been times where we've been doing so good in a race, but just Red Bull has gotten it better and other teams have just made the necessary upgrades to be better in certain weekends. And the car's not always up to it. And then, of course, if all these odds are against you, I don't know if you as a driver will always be at a thousand percent either. But overall, I think Ferrari has given the necessary moments. But again, just some strategies, I'm like, oof. Or just some things, I'm like, this could have easily been avoidable. But again, I'm not in an F1 car. So I really can't say much from like a perspective point of view of like a fan in a perfect world, we would be in Red Bull shoes and just dominating. Charles has been on the podium three times this year. Carlos has been on the podium twice. So we do have better weekends. And of course, Carlos has gotten his second win in Formula One with Singapore. So Ferrari's had an ample amount of shining to do. And right now are currently third in the Constructor's about 40 points behind Mercedes, who is P2, with 623 points in P1, um, is Red Bull Racing. So yeah, they really clutched (laughs) that Constructors, which is, again, incredible to see such domination. Now, I know a lot of people um, have taken to social media, like, what an interesting time to be a new fan, Um, because this is the first time that I watch a full season unfold before my eyes, and Honestly, it's it's honestly crazy to think about how one team has done 
such a good job. And not only a team, but Max has done an incredible job at just continuously dominating because Checo has been not on the podium, having a little bit of lesser kind of luck slash, I don't want to say determination. Again, I'm not in an F1 car myself, so I'm not like, you know, not trying to sound like a hater, but there are has been weekends where Checo's performance hasn't been aligning with Max's, and that's just because Max is on a whole nother freaking level with his racing. Like, it's it's honestly, like, fucking insane like, <laughs> to just look at. My fourth prediction that I had was a Lewis Hamilton win. And I said, okay, I'm sorry as long as I've been really into F1 this past season. I've never actively seen one, and I just want to see one. And I want to be crying when he's on that podium. Granted, we have gotten some Hamilton podiums. We got one in Australia. We got one in Spain, Canada, Great Britain. And then we got one in Singapore. In Hungary, the Hungering, um, Lewis did get pole position. And honestly, I will say qualifying has been a lot more fun to watch this year just due to Red Bull's domination. My fifth prediction being Yuki on a podium. I just want to see it. I still do want to see that. Again, in a perfect world, I think that would be really cool. Um, I love Yuki. I think he's a good driver, but with everything internally going on this past season at AlphaTauri, I can see how that's a little bit of a reach. And... He has finished in the points, um, just kind of everything internally with AlphaTauri and Liam's qualifying, um, getting into Q3. One of his first qualifying sessions was really impressive. So I don't think that's unachievable for Yuki. I just don't know about this season and that hasn't happened. So now sixth, <laughs> sixth again, I'm looking at my prediction and it says Ferrari strategist to get it together. Now, will I say that Carlos and his way that he was able to take the win in Singapore, that whole strategy, even though at some points he was getting a little bit sassy with his strategist, I understand why. And again, it's putting yourself in that position like this is what I need to do to win. One of my favorite moments from the GP was when they were like Lando's behind with DRS and he was like, yeah, that's on purpose. I mean, we got a Carlando podium out of it. it. It Amazing. Like, cheers and cheers. Oh, this one was a reach. All right. My sixth was Charles versus Max in a Lewis versus Max 2021 style, but with less chaos. That went out the window. <laughs> like, after the first three GPs. Like, the Delulu was really Deluluing looking back at that now. Um, even at the, towards the beginning when Max and Checo were like kind of passing back and forth who was winning and blah, blah, blah. But after Miami, it was just straight up hearing the Dutch GP every Sunday. Like it could have been really cool to see a more kind of like internal like teammate battle piece set my seventh prediction was for Charles to finish a damn race in Monaco. Okay. I did misspeak on this. He did finish last year's Monaco race. It just wasn't that 
great in where he in terms of his qualifying and again where he was supposed to be was p3 and then he was given a grid penalty um for impeding during qualifying which again looking back at my notes from the kind of the beginning of the season to now and listening in on certain qualifying sessions and team radios qualifying traffic and just the be the lackingness of the traffic on track it's <laughs> not funny traffic on track it just lit like it just it wasn't good enough for them and although we have seen some more tricky kind of impeding and what counts as impeding and what doesn't count as impeding in terms of how someone can get away with it at a different gp or at a different track versus how that happened in per se monaco it's super hard to overtake it's like one of the hardest especially with how big these f1 cars are now compared to like years ago when the regulations weren't as strict it did hurt him because he had qualified p3 and then was given the grid penalty and then started the race p6 and then um finished the race p6 and then my eighth prediction was the fia just simply not sucking as much sent with so much aggression <laughs> when did i write this what mood was i in when i was creating these predictions um but i don't believe that the fia sucks per se i just think that sometimes with everything that was going on in terms of impeding during qualifying it just kind of got lost in translation like what really determines what's impeding and what's not um and then looking at my constructors championship list predicted it clearly does not match up with how it's playing out now but i can see how i wanted this to be so true because i was looking back at 2022 and even to compare the 2022's list to 2023 it's like what had like what has happened but my list was Ferrari at one, second overall Red Bull, which clearly that did not stick. Third Mercedes, fourth Alpine, fifth McLaren, sixth Aston Martin, seven Alfa Romeo, eight Haas, nine Alfa Tari, and then ten Williams. And looking at the constructors now, the midfield and like P two to P five have all been relatively close for every single race just simply due to red bull just continuing to dominate but let's move on and continue to talk about kind of everything that has gone kind of like questioning or what the hell happened this season with the remainder of the teams or how we were before the baku gp okay so the next segment that i wanted to talk about was i was so excited for my first quote-unquote silly season during the summer break that we had for F1. But I digress because I feel like silly season started super early because tell me why I'm scrolling through my phone. I wake up super early and again, I'm from the States, the Midwest. So anytime that news hits at like eight in the morning or I get the notification from F1 super early, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this must be news. 
because usually it's like midday or like close to like 2 a.m. where I'm like, oh, okay, it's early for like European time, not that big of a deal. But when I got a notification for like what would be midday, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what is it? I see the headline, Nick DeVries to be replaced by Daniel Ricardo. Alphatari effective immediately. And my heart kind of drops because I'm like, wait, what? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I love Danny. I had spoken about like one of the first episodes, like I had gone, like gotten so obsessed with Danny. Like I was like, wait, what? So I'm thinking to myself, whoa, what must have happened? And to me, again, I watched Prema videos, as I mentioned earlier. So I got to see a side of like silly Nick and thinking to myself like, oh wow, like how rough for a rookie to have so much riding, right? Because you're in F1. All these expectations come with being in Formula One, the pinnacle of motorsport. And I don't know, to me, it is extremely unfair. I love Danny Rick as much as the next person. I believe that the time he had apart from F1 and Red Bull taking him back and getting him accustomed and back to being healthy after his experience at McLaren. You know, I wanted his return to feel a little bit more triumphant, which I mean, I don't believe that he would have turned it down. Clearly, you know, he was supposed to be back racing um, until he got injured and broke his arm. But it just felt kind of like a slap in the face to Nick. And I know a lot of people, and this is old news that happened in July, um, but I hadn't uploaded an episode in a minute. So I know my feelings on this are very, very, very late, but it just felt like a slap in the face to Nick. But he is going back to Formula E. He recently uploaded and a lot of people have been checking in on him. He has been spotted hanging out with Max and Lando and Monaco and He is still very loved within the racing community, and I believe if he were to return to F1, he would have more experience and know what rides on his back and the expectations, and I know that he had them, and I'm just, it's sad to see that he didn't get the opportunity to prove the kind of driver he was during his time in F1. But moving on with that, right, so Danny's back, I'm like, wow, I get to see the Honey Badger drive again. Um, kind of bittersweet to see him back in an Alphatari because his performance, um, the GP that he did race in wasn't the greatest, but hey, he had just been out of an F1 car for months. So I digress. He has proven he can before. I was very excited to see him racing again. He gets injured, but then it gives the spotlight to Liam Lawson. Liam straight from the bat has the record sheet to prove that he is a more than willing, capable driver. And with one of his first qualifying sessions getting into Q3, I mean, the kid came and was like, I'm going to take this opportunity and I'm going to use it to my advantage. Liam has done a tremendous job. He will be racing again this weekend um, in Qatar and will be still sitting in for Uh, Danny because he's still recovering from his injury and although I would love to see Danny in at Coda you know he is Texas (laughs) he is Australian but he is Texas 
Texan at heart. I would also love to see Liam continue to shine in the opportunity because unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, even though his performance has been amazing so far filling in for Danny, he does not have a seat for the 2024 season as those seats will be occupied by Danny and Yuki. Which I believe that Danny still has something to prove in F1, and he has proven a ton. He has done a tremendous job um, at his past teams, and you know, with the circumstances that he has been dealt, I believe that his comeback will make him even stronger and better. Um, but I am excited to see how after Liam is finished with, if he races for the rest of the season or if Danny's not set to return, which my understanding is he will, um, what Liam will take from this experience and, you know, apply to his other racing category. And yeah, I'm very excited to see that because he has a very promising future and I hope to see him back at a full-time seat in the future. Okay, so continuing on with that point, Again, I'm hyped for silly season. Summer break, I'm thinking, how am I supposed to survive without a month of F1? You know, I was like, this is very dramatic of me to be like, oh no, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. Literally, oh my gosh, that was like a Hamilton reference. <laughs> but I'm thinking to myself, what, like, what news are we going to get hit with? Because thinking back to seeing like tweets because i'm like on f1 TikTok, f1 twitter f1 tumblr you name it f1 reddit i'm there okay i'm thinking something's gonna drop other than rumors contract extensions nothing is confirmed right other than danny rick's news being confirmed back in july and i'm like okay what what could happen literally and this is a great transition to a very long segment of keeping up with the guys of the grid. One thing I can confirm is that this silly season brought two things. One, these drivers can live without hair products in their hair because they look so good without the hair products. Like the crazy hair I was living for. And two, wow was the only silly season thing was drivers being booed up holy maloli i'm scrolling people are posting thirst traps stay thirsty i was keeping up with um she loves f1 i love michaela's account so much her thirsty thursdays were feeding me the content that i was like yes this is what i need to survive but at the same time i'm like please please just be like some announcement that just like flips everyone upside down but not really, nothing that I was like, okay, there's no like retirement announcements. There's no like insane announcements. And then we were back to racing and listening to the Dutch anthem again. So I was like, dang, wow. But then again, the drivers are living their best lives after this season is the longest one, 23 races, except um, Imola unfortunately being canceled due to the weather and hopefully they're all good now that was quite saddening to see i mean i was expecting the silliest of silly seasons and thankfully it was a pretty mild one because after danny's news and nick being let go from alfatari i honestly don't know if I, my heart could have handled anything more intense than that so yeah but 
continuing on with keeping up with the guys of the grid, I will say that I am in love with the marketing that some teams do. For example, I'm in love with Aston Martin's TikTok page. I think that is my favorite team account simply due to AJ and their whole entire media team absolutely slaying the trends. Um, Mercedes is up there. You guys know that I recently have taken a really big love to Mick Schumacher and his experience, and hopefully he does get a seat in F1 right now, not looking too great with only one spot still needing to be filled, which is the second Williams seat, which we'll get into. Um, But their account is also incredible. The Mercedes TikTok account keeps up with the trends and they know exactly what they're doing. In that comes, I guess, another kind of point of silly season, something I didn't really talk about was back in May at the Miami Grand Prix, there were some influencers that were invited due to brand collaboration with the makeup brand Tarte, and I'm sure it didn't stop there, and I'm sure it is only going to get potentially worse with um, Coda coming up and the Las Vegas Grand Prix coming up. I mean, I kid you not, even when I first started posting on the podcast back in January and kind of just doing my research and getting myself accustomed, there were a good, like, a amazing amount of influencers already in the scene. But the more that you continue to indulge in the content, the more it shows up, right? The algorithm always knows. But man, I remember the day of the Grand Prix. I am an Alex girl, like an Alex girl, <laughs> an Alex Earl lover. And even seeing her get ready for the Miami GP and her saying that she had gone to last year's and acknowledging the jokes and people saying like, oh, why was she invited? And explaining that she had attended um, the Miami GP when it became a thing in 2022. I was like, okay, I love the rawness. And then (laughs) seeing like kind of the backlash of it, but people not understanding the frustration from rather big creators who deserve that spotlight more in the world of F1, especially women in F1 also kind of felt like a slap in the face. Granted, I know I'm not there. I know I'm not that girl that can get invited to one of those things. Although if anyone from Coda or Vegas is listening and wants to fly me out, girl, I will be there. I will be in the paddock. Give me a prompt. I Give me anything. I will be there. Um, just kidding. Not really, but you know what I mean. But there are a ton of influencers and a ton of content creators who are so deserving of a weekend at the Grand Prix, at a Grand Prix, at any GP, just living their best life, knowing about the sport. And by no means do I believe that the sport should be gatekept, right? It has been a sport for generations, like absolute, like so long now. And it's only going to get bigger, you know, Drive to Survive brought a whole new audience, which I believe has helped the sport grow tremendously, but I think there is a better way for certain brands who want to get more deserving people to a Grand Prix to do so. Um, And that was kind of my opinion piece on that as well. Again, I know a lot of this is old news, but I haven't posted an episode in a while, so I'm trying to condense so many important topics, especially to me, um, because I do understand the marketing side of it and 
a random influencer that you would probably never think to see at a sporting event, <laughs> like Formula One, being there is great publicity on their end, but I just, it just kind of felt like a little ping in my heart when I could think of like a handful, a list, more than a handful, a whole list, planes worthy of creators who deserve that spot as well. But yes, anyways, continuing on, that was also like keeping up with the quote unquote drama of that situation. Um, But as I'm looking at certain drivers and all of their memories from the summer, a lot of them were just need like having the relaxed break that they needed. Of course, this season has been extremely long. There are six rounds left and boy, I know they want that break when it comes. Um, But I guess the more that we get towards the end and knowing that Red Bull has just obliterated the competition this season, I'm very excited to see how 2024 plays out because all of the drivers except, I think not even, I don't think anyone is doing any drastic moves, Um, but that second seat is still available for Williams and you know, there's talks of potentially Logan being replaced or Logan staying, but we've seen with Williams, they do appreciate their rookies. And I'm not trying to say that I wasn't expecting Logan to be like straight off the bat, like one of the strongest rookies ever. I personally didn't watch any of his other categories prior to F1, but I believe that the chances for him to be better after this season or just continue to grow and learn is highly likely. Williams is an immensely supportive team to their rookies and to their drivers, and you can tell that they are both extremely cared for on the team. And although Alex is carrying them in terms of points, I believe that Logan can learn a lot from Alex in the position that they're in and that he can grow. And I hope he keeps his seat. I would love to see other drivers be in Formula One, but as of right now, it is 20 of the best drivers in motorsport having those seats. And I believe if he can get there, he can keep his spot. Got a lot of learning to do, a lot of pain for the American driver thus far, but I believe that he can make a comeback and he can get locked in, which again, some of these pairings this year has been some of my favorite pairings um, in terms of teammates. And I've enjoyed really getting to see Alex and Logan's team teammanship and friendship just kind of evolve in front of our eyes as well. So yeah, silly season. I don't know, kind of not as silly as I thought, but overall just don't know if my heart could have handled anything crazier than that. I know this episode isn't the longest one that I've ever recorded, but I think with everything that I had missed in terms of recording it, doing like a round of 13 (laughs) GPs of my notes, because I did watch the races and I did have notes for all of them, um, would be the most chaotic and probably like a 10 hour episode because my notes, I could elaborate on them for forever. But 
I guess I can wrap up this episode and say I am very excited to be attending my first GP. I will be vlogging it. I will be posting about it. Of course, I will make an episode talking about my experience. I've done the research. I've, you know, done every, checked all my boxes. I'm sure I have a lot more to learn and will have a lot more to say after that, but I will be recording a Qatar recap once this race weekend is wrapped up and kind of talking about what I've learned in terms of attending a GP. I'll make a list. We'll go over it as well after I do attend and make a Coda recap after seeing it in person. I'm so excited, but really all I can say is that this season has played out Very interestingly, I think Red Bull's domination speaks volumes as to how the sport is continuing to evolve, how teams are continuing to evolve, and just seeing how the upper and middle field and the lower field are kind of just trading spots and just reaching to finalize their constructors' finishings. And yeah, I really don't know what else I can talk about. I'm sure all of you are very all aware about everything that I've talked about in this episode. Um, I really hope you enjoyed it. It's been an honor to be back recording again and getting to know some of you guys who listen and reach out to me has been amazing during this hiatus as well. So thank you so much to everyone who sits here and listens. I appreciate it so much and I'm very happy to be back. Um, Stay tuned. I did tease a very important interview and as the Vegas Grand Prix is inching closer I'm very excited especially with a lot more headlines and the amp of Vegas coming to light I'm very excited to highlight especially with some of the more concerns revolving that Grand Prix come closer I think that episode can bring a lot of insight on a business perspective. So I'm excited to publish that very soon. It'll be probably a shorter episode as well, but I think the insight and the conversation that I had with this business owner that is local to the KC metro area is very important and very insightful considering what is about to go down and has been already going down in Vegas for the GP, but that'll be a future episode. Thank you again for listening to Live Laugh F1. You can find me on social media under the username at Live Laugh F1. On my personal Instagrams, it'll all be in the episode's description. I hope you have an incredible night or day or whenever you're listening to this. Happy race weekend. Bye.